Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, everybody. It is November the 15th, 2021, recording on a Monday morning in the ATL in Georgia, in the USA. This is England is Burning. This is your Manchester United Women Weekly Feature uh, for this week uh, on a Monday. Back with us again today is Mark with the Manchester United Women's Supporters Club. Uh, exciting news that you've got, uh, you know, um, as far as uh, Old Trafford is concerned for the women's team with a match now scheduled for Old Trafford in the spring uh, and so forth. But how you, first off, let me ask, how are you doing, Mark? Welcome back. Yeah, I'm good. Thanks, Keith. Glad to be here. Excellent. Excellent, sir. So um, I, the the news that before this match was that uh, it, it finally came out midweek that Old Trafford with fans, with yeah. fans this time, they, we, they had their game uh, at Old Trafford uh, without fans in last, uh, last season, but this time with fans, that was announced this, this past week, I think for the next Everton match at home in the spring. Yep. So, Mark, tell us your your thoughts, your reactions uh, as part of the supporters club about the, that news. It's it's huge news. It it really is. It's you know, no disrespect to playing at the Emirates or the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium or Stamford Bridge, but Old Trafford is it's just a different ground and it's a mecca for for a lot of people. And it's one of those grounds if you ask players past, present, which ground they would love to play on. It's always, they always say, well, we'd love to play at Old Trafford. And it's also huge for the WSL because to have United playing in front of a, a crowd and a, a big crowd is expected. I think they're expecting, you know, 40, maybe 50,000, which will be a WSL record. It's massive for the league. It really is. And, Speaking to people yesterday, even though it's set for March, they're already looking forward to it now. It's you know we we've had people come over from Norway; they've already booked the flights and the hotel for March. We've got people coming over from the states for this game, and it's just it's huge news. And I think I think for United on a on a um, uh, on on a whole scale that you know it's, this has come from the men's squad has retweeted it out the the and it's come from the men's tweets account uh, twitter account the women's and obviously the players have all gone for it both men's and women's it's it's huge news and honestly i can't wait for it however on the downside to that and there is a downside for me i would prefer us to fill lee sports village first and then move to old trafford but as a one-off, you've you've got to say it's brilliant. Is this a, a yet another signal by by Manchester United in, in terms of the recognition and investment into the women's team? Yeah, these. I think there's a lot of people out there on social media who, when you see something tweeted about the United women's team, that it's all negative and mm-hmm. you know sexist and all those ter- those things that we don't want to talk about. However. If you watch this team, they entertain you. It is a mm-hmm. Manchester United team. And they deserve to play on the biggest stage of them all, which is Old Trafford. Mm-hmm. And they they played there, as you said, last season without fans. It's going to be a different, different cauldron. It's going to be a different atmosphere when we are all in there. And I think that the, the, the league, the players, the team, I think the whole, everyone is looking around going, Right, let's let's see what happens. But the investment from the club is important, and they want the players to have this, have this, um, have this feeling of what it's like to play in front of a packed Old Trafford. And hopefully, it might become an annual thing. It might not. Let's see how it goes for the first time. But yeah, it, it's it's great. It's great from the club that they've done this. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen, you know, that I think there's a certain portion of the United fan base, and I'm not really sure that they're United fans, to be be honest, but there's always a certain important portion of the fan base of, Uni- of United in general that it that takes any news that, you know, United puts out with a with a high degree of cynicism um, and negativity. Um, again, I'm not sure that they're really United fans per se, but they call themselves that. So yeah. I guess they have to, you know, we have to take that into account. And so, 
Um, I know that there we had had long we've had long discussions, Mark, on this podcast about, you know, how the United Board, how the United Leadership look at the women's team, how they've treated the women's team. That's been an issue and so forth. And so, um, you know, so that's why I asked the question, is this another sign and, and that, that there is that? Yeah, we're going to this is how we're going to treat our women's team in, in respect to all the other teams that we have, per se. And also with that, um, you know, hence there was some there was some criticism as to, you know, that this was just, an, you know, another money grabbing type of thing that they're going to bring in 30,000 to Old Trafford, which in, in an essence, yeah, people are going to pay money to go to Old Trafford. Yes. Yeah. And the club is going to make money off of it. Yes. But to see, but to put it out there, is that the only reason I, I, I think that's very cynical? You know, <sighs> You and I have discussed it last, well, when the ESL debacle yeah. happened about the Glazers and, and Ed Woodward and Richard Arnold and, and all of that. United, you know, my dad and I, we joke about things. United have a license to print money. If you put the badge on it, it'll sell, it, regardless. And, you know, United have tours every 15, 20 minutes going around Old Trafford and they're sold out. Mm-hmm. And is this a cheap way of making some money for the cl- team? For the club, potentially, but you know they're not. You know, from the tickets are six pound for an adult, three pound for a child. You know, they're not going to make huge amounts of money. Will they make something? Possibly, but also, why shouldn't they? Why shouldn't they right. put? Why shouldn't right. they put the women's team on the biggest stage of the Mall of mm-hmm. Old Trafford? I, I I understand. You know the cynicism that comes out. You know. The first thing that when it was tweeted out by the club, the first tweet, if you go and look for it, it was mm-hmm. hashtag Ollie out. It's got yes. nothing to do with Ollie. And, right. that, and that's <laughs> part of and that's part of the 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 culture that's currently on social media. However, if you carry on going through the, the tweets and and the replies, it's some of them are brilliant. Can't mm-hmm. wait. This is this is a showcase. You know, we've got people at Old Trafford, who I sit with at Old Trafford, who have never been to Lee to watch the women's team, who maybe keep up with it through the United app, but mm-hmm. they they sent me a message on Friday morning. We've got our tickets. We can't wait. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it, but hopefully, it will grow new supporters, which is important to the women's game. Absolutely, and you know, I, the, the the thing I keep thinking about um, is I, I I don't know if you follow the NWSL at all in the United States, but uh, at all, but um, you know, last yesterday um, they had the semifinals of the NS, NWSL, um, and of course they they have a different model where the, their league is decided on a playoff system, um, just like most things in the United States are decided on a playoff system, uh, and we can that's another that debate is another story for another totally another day but my point is is that there were two matches one was held in tacoma washington and the other one was held at in portland now the one in portland is one to think about because the one in portland is a soccer football use stadium that is used by the portland timbers yeah. now that atmosphere in that mat at that match i know it was a semi-final for the league and so forth so that has to be taken into account but the atmosphere i don't know the exact number of people that were at that game but the atmosphere at that game having the standing supporter section you know behind one of the goal you know the home goal um and all those things shooting off flares and the banners and the flags and everything else it's like yes that was a proper football match irregardless and that made it so much fun to watch i know portland ended up losing that match in a shocker but you know but the atmosphere is what i was talking about having all those people on the stands and so forth it was not a full stadium no by no stretch of the imagination was it full but it was the atmosphere with all those people in there was just beautiful to watch and i that's what i would love to see at lsv that's what i love to see at old trafford that's what i would love to see at king's meadow that's what i want to see at stanford bridge uh you know to cases in point so it's brilliant that united is doing this absolutely totally brilliant uh and so forth i'm very happy uh, to see that happening, uh, and so forth. And, and I hope that, that, you know, all of the, the positives that come out of it are, you know, you get a, you get a nice crowd, you get a great loud crowd, you get the atmosphere, 
and you get more support. And I think that the key that you just mentioned there is having getting more supporters um, in, in, that are get interested in the team. The team is entertaining. They're very fun to watch. They're very young. They're very energetic. They're doing a lot of positive things overall. Um, so it's a it's a great thing overall. And and um, you know definitely you know looking forward to, to March um, and so forth. So speaking of Everton. <laughs> Uh, going from good news to um, maybe not so good news. Yesterday, United went and traveled to Everton. It was uh, women's football weekend this past weekend. Travel to Everton, you know, away match, very early start in the U.S. Um, and so forth. Game ends in a game ends in another one-one draw. Yeah. Um, Mark, before we get to drill down into this, this is the third draw in a row in the league. Yeah. Um, that's. And I think it's safe to say that that's six points dropped. Yeah. Um, your initial, your thoughts about this match, particularly, and in in just in general, before we get into the details, I mean, your thoughts and feelings about how this match went and, you know. It, it was the first half we were, I would say we were, we were really good. The passing was really good in the first half. The, our intensity was really good in the first half. The first half was a really good game of football to watch. Mm-hmm. But then the second half starts, the second half is, and then it's it's a different ball game. And I'm, I'm not sure what it is, and I can't put my finger on it. We dropped two points yesterday. There's, there's no other way around it. I will also say I thought Everton were, were poor. I, I didn't see a lot from Everton. Um, the, the number of draws we are currently going through, you know, I think it's four now if you count the, the Durham game. Mm-hmm. It's it's a lot. It's kind of alarming, and one of the things I was talking about on the way home yesterday in the car was I can't work out if we're playing a Casey Stoney formation or a Mark Skinner formation, because yesterday uh, I was stood with um, some 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 of the SC and one of them Fiona. We mentioned why we're trying to play the perfect goal, why we're trying to score the perfect goal again. That's going back to to Casey, and that was especially in the second half. And I couldn't work it out because the first half we were playing a dynamic way of football. The second half, I I couldn't put my finger on it. I was, um, yeah, I was upset with the result yesterday. Again, points dropped. Um, And yeah, I can't work out why we're trying to score that, that perfect goal again in the second half. Just, you know, just take a couple of shots. However, in saying that, we had enough chances in the first half to put the game completely out of reach. Yes. Um, the I, I firmly believe that this game should have been put away in the second, in the not the second half, but the first half. Yeah, completely. Everton was was in the first half poor. Um, now bearing in mind that, you know, Everton is, you know, has a new manager, uh, so, and he's really had very little time to really do anything with the team per him, uh, in terms of, but there hasn't been a whole lot of time to do much, uh, there to figure out, get to know his players, get to know what they can do and so forth. So Everton came out in the first half poor United came out ready to, ready to bowl this game over. I mean, that was, you know, and that was, I think that the strategy was strike them early, strike them hard and keep at it. And that's what you saw for basically most of the first half. Yeah. And if you look at, if you look at that first half and especially the first maybe 25, 30 minutes, the intensity that we were pressing at Everton Mm -hmm. with the passing as well, it was clear to see. Um, And Everton, I think, you know, to their credit, they soaked up that pressure really, really well, but mm-hmm. you know, you, 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 but you thought at some point they're going to crumble. You really didn't mm-hmm. think they were going to crumble because our passing was crisp, it was fast, it was direct, and those are the things that you know you and I have been talking about that we wanted to see, and we saw yeah. them. Mm-hmm. And then the second half, and it's a different and, stuff. Right, we saw it for forty minutes. We saw it for 40 minutes. There was one point where it all changed. 
in the yeah. in the, at the latter end of that first half. I think it changed before then, and then it was solidified coming out of the, at the second half. But let's go to the formation because I know that you're big on looking at the formation. And we talked last week. We said when was Vilda Boarisa going yeah. to start? She yeah. started yesterday, so uh, I'm not sure you expected it. Maybe you did. I don't know because you and your group are masters at figuring this up out here. Obviously, Mary started in goal. You had the back line of, with uh, with Ona, Menin, um, Dorsetier, and um, Blondell. That's okay. typical back four there, and then you had the midfield three of Katie Zellum. I, we got to talk about Katie Zellum, Mark. Okay. I, I'm sorry. We got to talk about her because I, I'm just like, I, again, I'm not sure. I'm not really sure what's going on there. Then with well, recess getting a start, a, another start finally, I think for some people and Ella tune uh, right behind uh, the center forward position. So, and then Martha Thomas up front to the right, uh, Elisa Russo. And then back is Leah Galton back from injury. Great. That is a very good, in my opinion, starting lineup. Um, and so forth against this Everton squad. You may not want to start this squad all the time against everybody, but this is a decent lineup against uh, Everton. Your thoughts on the lineup? How many did you get right? Nine. Nine. Who did you oh. miss? I think um, I know who you missed, I but okay. Have, um, I didn't have Martha Thomas in. Okay. And I didn't have um, Katie Zellum in. I dropped Katie Zellum for yesterday. I had... So I had I had all the blurries to starting. I did. Wow. Um, okay. I nice. had so nice. my, midfield, my midfield yesterday was, would have been Hayley Lad, Vildebel, Risa, and yeah. um, Toon. and then I had Kirsty Hansen, Alessia, Leah. So mm-hmm. I, that was who I would have had. But obviously, you find out that Hayley Lad was ill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she didn't that, start. That so changed. That changed so that things. And then everything else. So let's. I, I first wanted to. I, now you mentioned you dropped Katie from the lineup, and I. Yeah. Um, what's going on with Katie's alum? I, I, I'm. I'm not. She's not the same player that I remember seeing. Yeah, I, I, and and to be honest, there are lots of people out there who are in exactly the same boat as you. The reason I didn't have her in this my starting eleven was because. Yeah, I, I think Hayley Ladd would have controlled the ball between the back four and the forwards slightly better. And I think the, the, the issue with Katie right now, and, and I'm not saying it's an issue, I'm saying, you know, I don't think she's playing where she knows where she's playing. If you don't understand, she knows where she's playing. I don't know whether she knows Mark saying to her, you're playing as a DM today, you're not getting forward hold, or then you are playing as a, an attacking midfielder, so you're getting forward. And I think that... I, I think she needs to play one role and one role only. Mm-hmm. I would have Katie Zellum in most of my starting 11s because she can, with the exception of maybe Jackie Gronin, who I've watched now for two years, two and a half years, she can, Katie Zellum can spot a pass. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, and I, sometimes you need that kind of a midfielder who can spot a pass and play it. Perfectly. But, however, there are a lot of fans out there, as I said, who are on Katie's back, mm-hmm. who don't like Katie. She is the captain. She, you know, if she's, you know, unless it's a tactical decision, like for me, what I said, I would have played Haley because she would play the ball between the back four and the defence. She's not going to get dropped. I just think she's lacking in a, Potentially a little bit of confidence. Maybe that's what I would say. I feel like Katie is playing out of position. I'm not sure that she's, I mean, she can be a DM. Yeah. But again, I think in in one sense, I think Mark Skinner put two DMs in place. Um, And I don't, and that wasn't necessary to me. It's not necessary against Everton to play Boarisa and. Zellum as DMs, unless yeah. we're saying that Boa Risa didn't play as a DM. I don't. Th- I personally don't think she did. I think Boa Risa was a ball playing midfielder. Good. She was up. Yeah. And, she was up and down the pitch. Um, I, I agree. I, I, I don't know where whether Mark knows where to play Katie, and I think that's part of the the issue. 
that Katie's Ellen to me, she gives her set piece taking. A lot of people criticise, but she's also probably the best set take piece that we've got in the squad. Mm-hmm. You know, for free kicks and and corners. You know, Katie's Ellen is is I, I'm not going to use it, is criticised is the better word. Is criticised for her set pieces. Now. You know, I, I've been in grounds where they're saying just make sure you don't hit the front player. But you know, Kate, and it does happen. But it happens in every part of the team. You know, happens in mm-hmm. the men's game all over. You, you know, I think sometimes she's unfairly criticised because she's the captain as well. Mm-hmm. That she's not the maybe the leader people see or want. You know, they want someone who is a Roy Keane kind of leader who will shout and scream at the players to 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 G them up. I, I don't think Katie is that kind of a player to do that. I think she's a different kind of captain. I think there's other players on the pitch who do the job of the screaming and the shouting for her. Uh I, I, and I get I, I like I said I see it. I don't understand it. I and I, I think it, it's kind of a Mark doesn't know where to play her and she doesn't understand her role kind of th- or no words best for her kind of thing. Must be really frustrating for her as well, probably, yeah. I would imagine, right? Um, um, on the plus side for Katie, she led the team in, in successful pressures in, in, in her position with 11 in the match. Uh, Blundell had 10. Uh, on, I would say, the more uh, negative or pessimistic side, she only completed 64% of her passes. Um which is probably not what you would necessarily want with a DM. Um, yeah, only Ella Toon had less had a worse passing percentage yeah. in the match. Um, so that, I think that's where you see the struggle. Yeah, and I think that's part of the issue is that she's giving away too many passes. Um, but it's not just her that's giving them away. Like you mm-hmm. said, Toonie's doing it as well. And uh, you know, I said very early on. I think Mark Skinner would it would be allow that to happen if it was happening for the right reasons. If the passes were going to the potentially right areas of the pitch, however, a sixty four percent pass completion rate it isn't great, and it's part of the part of the the, the trying to get better, trying to stamp his way of playing on the team. This this whole passing thing isn't a new thing. It happened under Casey, and it's continuing now. I just think things have to come together, and, and I think Mark Skinner said that in his post-match interview. Things have to come together, and they're coming together, and you'll see a complete package soon. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I think, yeah... It- I mean, it, it's still fair to say that this is like we're in the growing pains part of the season where, where it, you know, it, it, you know, things are getting a little bit tighter, a little bit tougher. You know, Everton, you know, played poorly in the first half, but played much better in the second. They have a new manager in place. We knew at some point Everton would pop up and, and be give someone difficulty um, and so forth. But again, I just feel like this match could should have been put away before the 40th minute um, and so forth. You know, Boa Risa starts off the first shot of the game from 36 yards. I'm going to make a point of this. Then Ella Toon gets her goal from 19 yards. Excellent strike. Ella Toon special, you know, passes from, you know, Russo to Thomas, Thomas to to um, Toon. Boom, there you go. Um, and it's 1-0. Then you had... had um, and, and, and United kept on attacking. They kept moving. They were very fluid. That's what we've come to expect from them so far this season. Um, then Martha Th- Thomas gets a couple of shots um, that, that either were blocked or off target. Then Alfie even gets one in, um, you know, as well um, from short range. But here's the thing. After the 33rd minute, there was only one shot that United took that was from less than 10 yards out. Every other shot that they took was from over 19 yards from the goal. I think that's where one of the points I'm not, it was like, what are they doing? They're not trying to work the ball in anymore. They're just shooting from long range. It was like, three, you know, watching a basketball game when one team is shooting three pointers and trying to get them in it. And it wasn't really, it, it wasn't really working. Was it in patience? Was it, you know, you said looking for the perfect goal. What do you think happened there? 
Why was there this shift in mentality? I, I, honestly, I, I don't know. I think one of the things I would say about the team yesterday, and it, it, you know, I, I, I don't come on here to criticise. I come on here to 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 speak and and, and talk about. This. I think the team looked unbalanced yesterday. I really did. I think with Alessi out on the right, it took something away from us. It really did. And Martha Thomas, she did really well. And um, mm -hmm. she, but when you're playing an out and out striker, which I think Alessi Russo is, out on the right hand side of the pitch, you're going to lose that width that, you know, we, we've talked about. Um, width and speed and pace that we have in bundles in Kirsty Hansen and, and Leah Golton. And you, you, if you take one of them out, you're going to lose, you obviously lose it. Yesterday, Leah, again, was playing too narrow. Mm -hmm. She wasn't getting outside. She was always coming inside. inside. Mm -hmm. I, I just thought we looked very unbalanced. And I, I just think there was, um, from, from my point of view, I just don't think, there was a confidence of getting a decent cross in and someone attacking it. Most of our, you know, the chances you talked about, the two from Martha Thomas and the one from Aoife, they were all from set pieces. They weren't mm -hmm. from open yeah. play. And I, I just think there was a, there's kind of a, again, a confidence thing of we can't, we're not going to be able to work the ball into the box, so we're just going to shoot. And now I have no issue with that because at least the shooting, it's not, you know, you, they're doing something that's right. However, try and go past the players. See what happens. If it doesn't work, then revert back. But yesterday, there was, I, I thought, a definite unbalance with the team. And there was um, probably, you know, a reason why they weren't going on the outside. Whether that was a tactical thing that Mark had asked them to do, I don't know. Yeah, and... And that's what I was wondering. And I also was wondering if Everton made an adjustment at the half as well, where they sort of adjusted to what United was trying to do in the first, you know, the first 40 minutes. The game, I think, changed for me when uh, there was a stretch in play where uh, Valerie Galvan from Everton, you know, had a chance from, from 12 yards out, I was saved. And her header that just barely, I mean, both of these were barely, uh, they ended up on uh, one was being one was saved. The, uh, well, actually, both were saved by um, Mary. That I, I felt like that game changed to me when Gal Galvin had those two opportunities from from fairly decent range uh, that were saved by Mary. And I think that's when Everton started kind of getting a little bit of confidence back um, and got themselves in, into the game, and they stayed there. Um, what were what were your thoughts coming going into the end of the first half? Uh, end of the first half, I thought we were looking... I thought throughout the first half, we looked comfortable. I really mm -hmm. did. I don't... Met, met, they, were, they were taking shots from, from a distance. They were going high and over. Um, there weren't anything... They weren't... They weren't... I wouldn't say they weren't putting us under any pressure. Everything that they were bringing, throwing into us, we were throwing back. However, the second half, um, Govan... Sorry, towards the end of the first half, Govan had that chance, which I thought Mary saved, and he just sailed over the bar. Mm -hmm. um, but again, it was from distance. It wasn't... I don't think it was troubling us. Uh, and I thought throughout the first half, Mary was pretty much not... You know, she didn't have much to do un until these shots started flying in. However, in the second half, I think there was a tactical change. Because, I mean, I don't remember really much in the first half Tony Duggan touching the ball. Mm -hmm. um, I think I don't, I don't think she was very active in it. Uh, then the second half, there was tactical changes and, and Tony Duggan was to be seen everywhere. Right. Uh, mm -hmm. And I, I don't, I, again, I don't know if it's a mentality thing from a United standpoint, and I hope it's not, that when we were 1-0 up, they we kind of went, game's won, right, switch off. And I hope it's not happening. I know the, there's people I'm, I, I was stood with yesterday at the ground and every set piece we were defending, all we were saying is, please let us defend it. Please let us defend it. Um, mm -hmm. um, you know, Everton were a different proposition in the second half completely. 
but with the exception of the goal, which we'll get into, they didn't really put us under that much pressure either. No, and they didn't. But it seemed like the you know the, the fluidity stopped, and either it was that Everton made a made a tactical shift both on the defensive side to sort of take away some of those passing angles and so in some of those lanes, um, forcing United to take longer shots, which you know looked like to be the case. Um, but there seemed to be a degree of um, a, almost a combination of impatience being and also being mentally shut off um, at times throughout you know the second half. But still, Everton, as you said, Everton wasn't really that dangerous when it came down to it. But I just kept seeing them having too much of the ball. Um, and then yes, Tony Duncan Duncan becomes more involved in the match. Uh, she ends up with three shots. Um, you know, in this all in the second half. Um, but going to you know, but still, I was like, you know, I was just watching this as like United might pull this out. You know, could end up being one nil. They could get that second goal. They really need that second goal. Um, there was a flurry in, in the, you know, the 68th minute. You know, Russo takes a shot that's blocked. Uh, Ella Toon takes a long range shot off target. Um, Lita Galton from weirdly 39 yards decides to take a shot and was blocked, um, and so forth, leading into the 70, uh, 72nd minute. So let's go to that point. So, first off, um, did you see what happened to Mary and how she got how she got took a knock, you know, right, uh, right around the 73rd or fourth I, minute? Honestly, I, I didn't see what happened. I saw her go down now. I know. We've we've got uh, uh, we're doing a roundtable tomorrow, so I'm not going to get too okay, much. Right. But but um, the fact we when I say we, I meant where we were stood. So we had to shout to the referee that Mary was down because she hadn't seen it. She, Mary had been down for mm-hmm. about forty five, maybe fifty seconds, and the referee was saying to carry on, and we were like, "Ref, goalie's down," and she was like, "Hadn't seen it at all." Um, I, I think it might have been a c- collision, is all mm-hmm. I know, but um, I did honestly see what happened, yeah. And uh, yeah, and obviously, she was pretty fairly shaken up, too. Obviously, I mean, she didn't I mean, bounce right up, I mean, she was on the she stayed down for a, for yeah, a little while she, there, she, she stayed down for a good few minutes, uh, good few minutes. And at one, at one point, Sophie Bagley went to warm up. Mm-hmm. And, when you see that happen, you kind of go, "Well, maybe Mary's going off," um, right. but she she stayed on, and I, like I said, I, I don't honestly know the, the cause of it. Yeah, I mean, it seemed like some type of upper body injury of some type. Um, it was ribs. What it seemed like, yeah, yeah, it was ribs. Um, um, and so forth. So. Um, and, and, and when I speak to Rob, I'm going to, I'm going to talk again about how goalkeepers are another breed altogether. They never, I mean, I don't think anyone wants to leave the game, but goalkeepers never leave. Um, but, uh, but so I was like, all right, so, but Mary gets up and as I pretty much expected, I know that Sophie got up and started moving around, but that was a precaution. Um, but you know, but do you think though, what happened from your vantage point? that led up to the goal because when I was watching it, I felt like, you know, that you had two people who weren't sure about what to do with the ball as it's rolling back Thor Satir and Mary, neither which knew for clear what to do. Uh, and then the ball just sort of just kind of rolls away. Uh, what happened from your vantage point? So, well, two things from, from, from our point of view. Yesterday, it was a beautiful, sunny day. It was beautiful. And the sun was directly into that end. Now, I, yes. I'm not going to use it as an excuse, but I'm just saying it's sunny because it's so rare for us to say we had a sunny day yesterday in, in November. Yeah, it was brilliant. It was, it was lovely. Um, that goal is... It, that goal hurts, and it hurts. I've seen them a, a hundred times before, and every single one of them hurts. All it takes is either Mary to say mine, or Maria Thoris not here to get the ball and to put it into Rosette to get rid of it. Just clear it out. I don't right. care how. Mm-hmm. And there was no communication at all for that to happen. Now, what I will say, and I will. 
say this with the utmost respect to Mary. At the end of the game, she turned round to where we were because we were all directly behind her goal. She turned round and she said she's sorry. And she's not saying it for the sake of saying it. It That hurt, that goal. And the way it was conceded hurt. And for me, she doesn't need to apologise. It happens, all those kind of goals happen all the time where there's no communication. I, I don't know whether Mary was still feeling her injury. That's why she left it for Maria. Or Maria felt that Mary could get it. I just think there was a there was a miscommunication in there. However, Mary doesn't need to apologise for that. It's not her fault. It's not Maria's fault. It's somewhere in it's somewhere in the middle. Yeah, and I think that's where I left it. I mean, there was much consternation amongst the the TV commentators. I mean, at first they 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 played the. I guess to say, lay the blame, quote unquote, on on Mary not calling it, not communicating, uh, and saying it was mine, and going and getting it, and, and holding on to it. We've seen her do it a thousand million times before. Um, but then on the other hand, something was like when they were watching, doing doing the replay uh, over and over. Um, you know, I was like, well, you know, somebody should have done something. You know, Mary could have just shot it right into the into you know, the other side of mercy side, uh, yeah. for all we know, you know, because that's what her job is as a center back, um, in that situation. But also, you know, it is Mary's goal. It's, you know, she has the say, um, also. So I, I left it at the end of the day. It was just one of those things that happened in football, but it really did hurt. I mean, yeah. it, it hurt. And I was like another, you know, another goal, you know, that, probably shouldn't have happened you know um you know you had the set piece that was just bizarre because you had a set piece where where people were confused and didn't they kind of shut off mentally um you know the ball doesn't even hit anybody it just bounces off the ground um and then you had this where it was just it seemed like there was a just a brief and this is what happens in football sometimes you have a brief mental lapse you have two players you know it happens in sports all the time we have two players thinking the other one is going to do their thing and they and the other one saying oh it's it's your ball and then they both don't get it and the ball rolls away it happens in sports all the time and so um you know i i give credit for mary to turn around to the supporting fans and and, and take responsibility for it um but you're right it happens all the time uh, and so forth, but I appreciate that. But it was, you know, uh, that really hurt. And you could just sense the, the disappointment and frustration from everybody. But did you think, though, I mean, because I had a brief moment where I thought United somehow were going to get that second goal finally. Yeah, I always think I always think we're going to score. I it, well, yeah, it, I mean, being it, optimistic, it, yeah, I mean, it's the optimism. It's the optimistic. Yeah, I. I when we we made the, we made some substitutions, so we brought on uh, Lucy Stan and mm-hmm. we brought on Kirsty Hansen. We took off Vildebarisa and we took off Martha Thomas. Now I wouldn't have, and you know, I would, talking about what we were talking about before. I wouldn't have taken off Vilda. I would have taken off Katie, purely on based on her passing yesterday. It wasn't great at times. It, it was pretty hard to watch, but. You also, as I said earlier, you leave her on the pitch because of her set pieces, her free kicks and, and things like that. Yeah. So you, you're kind of playing, I'm play, I was trying to play devil's advocate with myself. What would I do? However, in, it, I said at the time, I would have taken off Zelly instead of Vilda to let Vilda carry on and give her a full 90 minutes. Bringing on Kirsty Hansen for me was was a no-brainer to put her back out on the, on the right. And and the thing about Kirsty Hansen, we, we keep saying it week in week out about her is how direct she is. She only knows one way, and that's that, and that's forward. And when she came on and, and Alessia moved from from the right hand side to to her centre forward position, we looked again a, a different. We looked different. Mm-hmm. We could then start to get balls into the box and and play passes through. Um, but at the same time, Mark made another change, which I think a lot of people might not have noticed. But he swapped Hannah Blundell and Honor over. Because Honor started on the left, on, on on the right, sorry, and Hannah on the left. And then once he made his substitutions, he swapped them over. Now, personally, I think Honor plays better on the left with Leah in front of her. Mm-hmm. And I think Hannah plays better on the right. Mm-hmm. I would agree. 
And those changes made us look a different a different beast. The one thing though, the one thing I will say that I've not seen for a while, and I don't know why, is either Honor nor ha- or Hannah on the overlap going past Kirsty or Leah. And it stopped for a while and I and I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether it's a tactical thing mm-hmm. or what. But once we made those changes, yeah, I could see us scoring a second goal because we were going direct again. We were playing the way we were playing, kind of in the first half. I just think sometimes, though, it happened, the the substitution maybe happened a bit too late. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I question that as well. I mean, waiting until the 65th minute, um, you know, and given the game situation and so forth. I agree also that um, I here's how I look at it. Yes. You do want a set piece specialist out there and you know, that, you know, your best piece taker, you probably do want to have them out there, but here's my thing on that. You do, there's no guarantee how many set pieces you're going to get. Yeah. And what I would be going for is exactly what you said. Someone who is going to be, you know, uh, uh, someone who's going to be doing better on the ball, doing better with direct passing, doing you know, all of that, I would have gone for that. I would have gone for somebody to gain to game change the directness of the offense in a game that's one nil. Because if I'm up one nil, I do not want my team to sleepwalk. I want them to keep going forward because I want goal number two. I would stay that way the entire match. I don't care who I was playing because I never play hoping the other team doesn't score. You know, that's just to me that to me. I've seen that fail too many times. And so I want to have players in there that are going to keep going forward. They're going to keep being forward. And it didn't happen. Was And I don't know if that was by design or just a mentality or a mix of both uh, of what happened. Because Everton weren't doing a whole lot no. to create a change. Meaning that they weren't really, yeah, aside from Tony Duncan being more involved and, and maybe they playing a little bit more forward forward and maybe they were frustrating and getting in the lanes on the passing side and so forth. But it was just poor passing, not committed passing, not com- no, runs weren't committed. But And I'm talking about in general, aside from a few instances where singular players who always run uh, are, are running. Um, yeah, I would have taken Zelimov, um, you know, because to me, she wasn't good on the ball um, and wasn't distributing her passes well. Um, I need someone in a position to distribute better, you know. Um, and, you know, I think Katie Zellum has a definitive role on this team. She doesn't know what it is, and I'm not sure Mark knows what it is either. And I'm not, I'm not talking about you, Mark, um, and so forth. You'll be right. But you'll be uh, right in that as well, because I don't know what it is. Either. Yeah, I don't know either, you know. Um, but it's somewhere in there, she, you know, that's there, um, and so forth. But um, I still was thinking, yeah, you know, United's got to get another goal. But the way things have been going recently, um, that goal never happened. Luckily, it did not happen on the other side. Um, you know, there was a couple, you know, there was a couple of uh, Tony Duggan near the end has a, a shot def- saved uh, that had been deflected volley. Um, you know, uh, Mary comes through on that one. Uh, that was a good opportunity they had at the end. Um, and so a 1-1 draw ends. Um, again, one of those moments where it's like, Everton probably is really happy with that one point. They're really happy. Um, They put some at seven points, um, keeps them slightly ahead of Manchester city. Um, You know, um, that, that one point works out much better for them than it works out for United at all, because United still sit in fifth place, um, you know, and with both, um, I forget, um, Brighton is in third, You know, um, you know, (laughs) Brighton and then you you got Tottenham in there um, and so forth. And, you know, so, you know, I I just look at those points dropped and it's like I I count the points dropped. If they, you know, gotten four out of the six that were dropped, let's say realistically, um, they would be in third. They'd be sitting in third place. Um, uh, And that's where United want to be. They want to be at least in third place, if not better. Um, the passing accuracy was terrible. Uh, 74% is not good enough. Uh, that was United's passing percentage. Um, 12 shots, but only two on target. 
that in itself is not good enough. XG for United was 1.3 to 1. 1 1.3 because he had all these shots, but they were all from long range. So the XG on those are going to be pretty low. Um, Yeah. Uh, in terms of your sort of individual stats, uh, you know, I talked about Katie's numbers as far as passing, but also her defensive numbers. Um, wait, what am I looking at? Uh, all right. So uh, Ona, again, I mean, yeah, I wish she had played on the other side. But again, she has the most shot creating actions for the, you know, for the match uh, for United with four. Lisa Russo had three. Katie herself had three. So um, out of the 15 shot creating actions that they had um, and so forth. Um, let's see. Yeah. And Ona touched the ball more than anyone else had more touches. Um, Katie had most, more pressures overall. Ella had the third most and Ona again has the most tackles. Do you see a theme here? <laughs> Yeah, you see a theme with this, you know. Again, Ona putting up the numbers, um, and so forth. Um, so excellent. Um, there again, another you know solid performance. Um, you know, uh, can't wait to see her going up. You know, doing more forward stuff. Key passes. Ona had the most key passes during the match. Um, who's your player of the match from this one? Uh. It's a tough one because I don't think anyone really stood out uh, that you would say, yeah, that's my play of the match. I thought Vilda Borisa was, was really good. I really did. Mm-hmm. We've not really seen it. Obviously, uh, you've got to mention Honor because she's mm-hmm. everywhere on the pitch. I don't think I could put my finger on just anyone. I, I, I think there was good performances by a few and then there was bad performances by some as well. Uh, if I'm pushed, if I'm pushed on it, I would probably have to say honor again as usual. Um, but only just, uh, th- there's improvement to come from a lot of these players. And mm-hmm. I- I'm hopeful, you know, as Mark Skinner said, we're going to, it's going to happen soon. I'm-, I'm hopeful it is because I don't know if I can take any more draws. I think I'm all I'm all drawn. I'm all, all drawn, drawn out. out. I'm all yeah. drawn out now. Yeah, I, I yeah, I don't blame you. I, I don't blame you. I'm, I guarantee you, most anyone following this team is is like groaning at another opportunity for another draw. Uh, you know, and you just say no. Just say no to that. Um, so that brings us to this week. Yeah. Um. City in a League Cup group stage match. Yeah. Followed by Arsenal in a league yeah. match on the weekend. What what's your thoughts going into those two matches? Easy six points, obviously. Yes. Oh yes. 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 This is where the six points come back to us. Um yeah, okay. Um, uh, massive week. You're going from uh playing Everton to then playing coming into a Manchester Derby. To them playing Arsenal, um, it's one of these times where you've now got to literally take it one game at a time. Don't look ahead to Arsenal. Uh, look at City. I know City got a bit of a beating yesterday against Chelsea. You know, at least we're in good company by getting beat by Chelsea, both United and City. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the con- I think there's obviously going to have to be well from a United point of view. There will be a squad rotation, I think. I don't know if City can rotate their squad very much now. Um, so, um, we, I think we have to win on Wednesday because City currently top. We have to win to have any, any to have a, a, anything close to progressing through the group. Um, so, we have to win. Uh, but, I, 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 honestly... I, I think he might rotate the squad a bit and give some players who have not had minutes on Wednesday, give them minutes on Wednesday night, which will annoy a lot of people. Yes, but it will. Yes, it will. You've also got to look ahead to you are playing Arsenal. Arsenal on Sunday. So I think whatever happens on Wednesday, if he squat if he rotates his squad, he's damned if he does. And if he doesn't, 
and we lose to City anyway. He's done. The, I don't think Mark can win on Wednesday night, whichever way he plays it. Wednesday's a big game for me, yeah. beating City. Mm-hmm. But I also want to play Arsenal. I want to see what Arsenal are because I watched the game on Saturday against Spurs, and actually, I I, I didn't see a lot from Arsenal that I thought, you know, I'm I'm that scared of. They've got some brilliant individual players. You know, Jordan Nobbs, obviously Miedemar. Mm-hmm. But I think they, they play. The, the, there's an individual play to some of them. They don't play as a team, whereas I think United try to play as a team. Um, so I want to beat City on Wednesday and I want to at least take a point from Arsenal. That's that's what I, I if you would if you were to offer me that right now, Keith, I would take your hands off you. I go come mm-hmm. on. Um, however, however, defensively, United are a bit wobbly right now, mm-hmm. and I think yeah, I think if Arsenal go direct at us, I think we might struggle. Mm-hmm. I will, I will. I think if she's, I, I, I'll try and make one prediction now. If Hayley Ladd is fit and well to play on Sunday against Arsenal, she will play yeah, on Sunday. Mm-hmm. That will be the that will be the one thing I would say right now because she will protect the back four. Yeah, I. Other than that, not a clue. Yeah, if I were Mark, you know, I this would be such a tough call because I'd want to beat my rivals in a derby so bad that I, I would be hesitant to rotate. But then I see Arsenal on the horizon, and you know, I might just do it. It really just depends on who's fit, who's available, who's got, you know, uh, you know, and, and so forth, because both games are important uh, for their own reasons. Um, so, yeah, I think Mark's in a no-win situation, obviously. So City is a disaster. I mean, that there. I mean, it's just a disaster. And the, and the reason why they're a disaster is multiple now. Um, but yesterday when they lost to Chelsea showed you everything that was wrong about city at this point. So they don't have the players. They can't rotate. They don't have, you know, a solid defensive line of, of players that are actually playing that position across the back and have so many injuries. Okay. Here's the thing. Uh, there's that's one issue. Second issue. Uh, I don't think they're playing for their manager anymore. I think one player on that team is playing for their manager. Um, and that's Lauren Hemp. Now, Lauren Hemp, you cannot, keep you cannot sneeze at um you know she can burn you and she will uh if given the opportunity uh but that's just one player um there are multiple non-factors um in there and um they have a third string goalkeeper um who is i mean i no disrespect but she gets you know she, she makes mistakes yeah. And that back line makes mistakes um, because you got players who don't use the back line. Jill Scott's a great player, but she's not a center back. Um, and, you know, and there's a mistake in there somewhere. Uh, this is the perfect opportunity, to, in my opinion. I think this is the perfect opportunity, Mark, for United to just go for it and just go for it the entire match. Don't get, don't get like, don't get a goal up and start slowing things down because City will come back on you. No, I would just attack them all day long because you know what? You know, because I would put as much pressure on their back four and their goalkeeper as possible. I would make that goalkeeper work because she's got a couple of mistakes in her. You've seen it all season. I would attack from the get-go and so forth. You know, don't slow it down and just, you know, just, you know, Chelsea played poorly and still beat them 4-0. Chelsea didn't play well for most of the match and they still won 4-0. You city is so beatable at this point. If you make the defense work, if you sit back too much, you have, you know, this is a game. I wouldn't have two defensive midfielders. I would just have one. I seriously would just have one. Um, You know, I, I would go at them. Now, Arsenal is a whole nother deal. Arsenal is pretty well. What Arsenal had trouble with, with Tottenham is Tottenham's game. Tottenham's game is this. Tottenham, we saw it with United. We saw it yesterday. Um, we saw it with Arsenal on Saturday. They frustrate you. They disable you. They disrupt you. 
the physical you and you saw how Arsenal got so frustrated during that match. They were incredibly frustrated. Now the goal, the refereeing stuff didn't help. We'll talk about it tomorrow, but the, the yeah. referee stuff didn't help them at all either. So that's bad. Um, so with that, um, but that's what they do. They, they, they're physical. They, they disrupt you. They make you frustrated. They get you out of your game. Um, and that's what they did to Arsenal. If Arsenal was a if if you if you sit back on Arsenal and let them do what they do, they'll just roll you because they they get they can get so fluid. You give them space and they'll take advantage of it. So I would be a little bit more actually a little bit more conservative, but also I I wouldn't you know I would kind of do the same thing. You, you could frustrate Arsenal. Yeah, you could frustrate them. Um, you know, with a different style of play that you know um, that if you do not allow them to get into their flow, then they're then they struggle. Um, they even they, there were moments even in their Champions League match where you know um, they struggled because they were not allowed to get into their flow. You allow them in the flow, they'll roll you four nil. Um, if you don't, then you got a shot at them. And United has more weapons on offense than Tottenham does. Um, yeah. you know, the defense is a little worrisome, you know, the yeah. defense is right now a little worrisome, as you mentioned, but, um, it, it is. And I think what we have to do on Sunday, and I, I agree with what you've said about city go mm-hmm. for them now, because you're never going to get a better opportunity. They've got mm-hmm. injuries all over. And I completely agree with that. Yeah. What we need to do on Sunday against Arsenal is not do what we did against Chelsea. We need to, we need to frustrate them and we need to be strong on the ball. And I think, we do have the players to do that. And I think that's why I said Hayley Ladd will probably start on Sunday because if you frustrate Arsenal, you saw what happened on Saturday. They started to get frustrated themselves and that mm-hmm. kind of worked against them and it could work for us. Um, I, I think marking over the over the next two, over the game on Wednesday night is in a no-win situation. He's damned if he does, he's damned if he doesn't. If he, if he rotates his squad and he loses... Everyone will go. Well, why did you rotate your squad? If he does rotate, but I look at it from a, from a different point of view. Let's say he rotates his squad on Wednesday and beats City, and then let's say he then plays his strongest eleven on Sunday, and if and he gets a point from Arsenal, how many people are going to go? Well, Mark's going to be brilliant. What a brilliant manager! Rotated his squad, beat City, and he's taken points off Arsenal, but. You know, and I'd be one of those to go, well done, Mark. Absolutely well played. However, if he loses both, which I, honestly I can't see happening, I, I think we'll beat City. But that's the that, that's the Mancunian me. I, I, mm-hmm. I will, yeah. Even if we're five 0 down with thirty five seconds to go, I still say we can still beat them. Um, right. <laughs> I think I think with Mark. Uh, uh, I think it's there's the same stigma that Casey had, is that we don't play well against the top teams. At some point, this has to change. And if you frustrate Arsenal the way Tottenham did on Saturday, and if you can beat City, maybe that's all the luck that we need to start this run going of, of, of countless draws. Just something positive, maybe that's all it is. Yeah, um, I think, you know, I think I, if I were a United fan, I would be disappointed if there wasn't some, at least one decent result in these two matches. I would be disappointed. To lose them both would be very disappointing. Um, yeah. To get nothing out of it um, and so forth. I don't know where that result's going to come from. I think the better chances, I think, against City at this point, um, you know, but this is a situation where, I, you know, I think... Mark may be damned if he does, damned if he doesn't in terms of his lineup is concerned, but I don't think that's the case with this, the tactical strategy against both teams. He's got to get it right. Yeah. You know, he's got to get it right. There are, there is the right way to go against both of these teams at this moment. And he's got to get it right. If he doesn't, then that puts United in a position where they could, could draw points again. Um, and so forth. So that that's you know that's I think that's where it stands. Um, I predict you know a city win. Um, I don't predict United to beat Arsenal, but 
I think it'll be a I'm hoping it'll be a good match, and I think it will. I think it will oh. be a good match at home. Also at home, that being at LSV, I think is also the last time Arsenal visited LSV, United won uh, in a very good match. It was a very well played match. Yeah, that it, match it, was. it was a good um, match. But um, you've also got to remember at the time we had Tobin Heath and Kristen Press playing balls. <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't want to mention that, Mark. <laughs> you know, um, you know, um, you know, Tobin's now playing for Arsenal. Yeah, but so. she's, it doesn't look like she's getting a look in there for some reason. Well, I mean, yeah, but yeah, I mean, well, I'll talk to Josh about where Tobin Heath, you know, Tobin Heath is playing as much as I, I was surprised though, you know, I'm, we're not here to talk about Arsenal per se, but I was surprised that Tobin Heath did not go in into the Tottenham game. I would have easily put her in as a sub against Tottenham with the way that game was going. I would have put her in that one. I don't know why she wasn't. Uh, uh, I agree with you a hundred percent. A hundred percent. Um, so all right, Mark, thank okay. you for being here. We will see you again because we yeah. are going to do that. Finally, I keep teasing y'all about this referee form that we're going to do, uh, and so forth. And and it's finally going to happen this week. We're gonna record it tomorrow. I don't know if it'll come out tomorrow, it may come out later in the week, uh, and so forth, but we're finally having at least three of the four panelists are gonna be involved tomorrow, uh, you know, in the recording. It should be absolutely fascinating. So if you want to get in on that, please you know look out for that please smash a like on the video please share the video on your social media please subscribe also if uh again i, I don't want to go i don't want to comment about both mark and i's hair situation if you don't <laughs> want to look at it that's where the podcast is for um so you can listen subscribe and also share on social media thank you so much for watching thank you mark for being on with us we'll see no you problem. next time and so forth um great stuff as always so uh, later on, we're going to do we're going to do the recording later on uh, with uh, Rob Prattley with the CFCW Social. Talk about their win against uh, uh, win against City yesterday uh, and get his and get his thoughts on on a lot of things there um, and so forth. Looking forward to that. We'll have Kate on at some point. Josh is coming up later in the week after the Champions League round um, to talk about Arsenal and preview. Uh, get his thoughts on Arsenal playing Manchester United, and I'll get to ask him why Tobin Heath wasn't on the field at all against Spurs. Uh, so. Um, so until then, take care, everybody, uh, take care of yourselves, you know, stay warm. If you're in a cold place, uh, stay dry. If you're in a wet place, um, all those fun things, stay safe out there. Take care, everybody.